Welcome to the Rocket Movies Podcast. I'm Carlo X. Lopez, your host of the cast. This is episode 13, lucky number 13. <laughs> On today's episode, I interview our first guest, Matthew Ortiz. Uh, he is a member and guitar player of the band Velvet Hughes. And he's also the creator of the Fright Chapel website where he reviews books. Um, we discuss his band, guitar, movies, reviews, and we're going to discuss the um, Detroit Rock City soundtrack. Um, so more right after this break. Hello? Hey, Matthew. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Well, <laughs> right. hey, it's the fourth time, man. So yeah, well, you know, if, uh, I lied when I said third time's a charm. I meant fourth time. So here you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Thanks well, again for having me, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. So, hey, well, you know what? Welcome to the podcast once again. You know, you're you're the podcast, our first guest. Um, once again, and just a quick introduction, Matthew. You you are. A guitar player for Velvet Hughes and a creator of the Fright Chapel, um, you know, website. Um, yes. As far as the the band, the Velvet Hughes, are you mm -hmm. the lead guitar player or rhythm guitar player? Um, so my responsibilities mainly are both. So because I'm the only guitarist, there's four members. Um, our, our vocalist is Rita. I'm the guitarist. Uh, Steven Salinas is our bass player. And... The drummer is kind of a revolving sort of a kind of a revolving kind of thing. So, um, uh, but our longest member is a guy named Nicholas Ochoa. And uh, so he's been with us the longest out of all our drummers, but we've had several drummers. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Nicholas has been our longest. And then we had one young lady who is actually a phenomenal drummer. She's great. She actually currently plays, I believe with Fiesta Texas or SeaWorld. So she's still performing wow. with them. Yeah. Her name is Annalina Devora. Um, and then she also plays with a cover band. I cannot remember the name. Um, not Navo, Navi, something like that. It's a, apparently the singer, she was on American Idol, I think. Yeah. Um, and, uh, maybe American Idol, the voice, she was on one of those. She was one of the contestants. And so, um, she's got quite a following. And so, um, so Annalena had, you know, currently plays with that group. She's no longer with us, but she actually recorded our, 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 our second album. And wow, then um, nice. we had a young we had a young gentleman named Leo uh, Olivares who uh, comes from a long line of drummers that have played in like Tejano music and stuff like that and um, and uh, yeah so right now it's just the three of us and uh, just still trying to make it man yeah and and you do play like more like Spanish rock yes so our first release was was more English uh, sort of English music and you know it's trying to trying to find our footing regarding like, you know, it's, it's four members. You've got four different styles of music that yeah. we all love and we're all into. And so when it comes to uh, this collaborative effort, uh, the real challenge is putting something that we can all enjoy, kind of creating something that, that not, well, not only something that we can enjoy, but putting something together that can make a lot of sense instead of having like this mishmash and just sounding like four different, you know, people Styles. playing different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to make it cohesive and kind of the same and, and so um, I think our second album, us gearing more towards the, sp the, the Spanish style music, Spanish rock, um, I think we've kind of, we're kind of accomplishing that a little bit more, kind of finding our footing and stuff. And so um, I, I just think with music in general, 
especially when you're writing original music and you're collaborating with other people, um, that's sort of the first, you know, uh, re- recordings might not be where you're at until you finally find your place. And so sure. uh, at this point, we're kind of gearing more towards the Spanish rock realm, you know, so um, something we've always enjoyed. We're all big fans of like Mana, Hombres G, Los Tenenitos mm. Verdes, um, Caifanes, you know, Hawaii, all like that kind of style and just kind of making our own and kind of, you know, maybe even bringing it back shit, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. And, so, and you know what? It, it's great to have that background with different styles, though, because then it creates your own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 uh, and I'm a metal guy, man. So, you know, and uh, but, I've, I, I, you know, I grew up with a lot of, you know, I grew up in Mexico. And so I, I grew up with 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 uh, I'm first generation American. So I grew up with a lot of Spanish music. And so yeah. like the greats of the 60s and 70s, you know, uh, Los Absons, of course, obviously, like the obvious Juan Gabriel. Um, yeah. Rocio Durcal, um, you know, just stuff like that, you know. So, the for for me, it was an easy transition to kind of go to something like this. It just felt more natural. Yeah, and and how long? And 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 just for the listeners, we're gonna do. You know, we're gonna talk about a you know soundtrack for a movie later. But yeah, you know, just kind of uh, as far as guitar, how long? How long have you been playing guitar? Uh, I started guitar playing when I was I want to say when I was eleven. So I initially played piano and, but I played everything by ear. I never had a lesson in my life. And so um, sort of playing piano at about nine and which is funny. Uh, I was a big movie. I'm a big movie buff, you know, even as a kid. And so, you know, nine years old and I'm just whatever movies are playing, I'm kind of learning them by ear and just playing them on the piano. So at that point, after about a year or two of kind of really getting a lot, like a lot better developing my ear and those kind of skills, my parents, my, my brother, my older brother had initially played guitar. And so, you know, me wanting to be like my brother, I kind of was like, well, I kind of want to try guitar. And so my parents kind of saw me being serious about the piano. So they, so they figured maybe I'd be serious about guitar. So I want to say about 11 or 12 is when I really, really got into guitar and I got my first guitar. Um, it was a guitar that somebody off the streets of Mexico probably probably made in their basement or something. <laughs> and they sold it to me in a plastic bag. And that, that was my first guitar. So, yeah. And uh, that guitar lasted me quite a few years. Yeah. Until I got my first electric. I bought my first electric from a guy that worked at the fire department. Sold it to yeah. me for a hundred bucks. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was an Epiphone. Uh, I don't know if you remember the band Striper back in the 80s. Yeah, uh, it yeah, was uh, ye- sure. ye- uh, yellow and black. So, you know. In Jesus' name, we rock. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> hey, that's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man. So a, a very striper vibe. So yeah, so it was kind of a sort of kind of a kind of a cool thing to have that as my first guitar. Uh, first and, electric. And that's a, it's a great band. I mean, come oh, on, yeah. that that was like one of the initial first really Christian heavy metal, you know, and you know rock bands that were out there and touring with all the. I've I've seen them a few times and oh nice Michael Sweet for sure Michael Sweet and I actually Michael Sweet actually sings uh, sometimes for Boston because he oh, can really? hit them high and so he's toured with Boston because the singer for Boston you know he had passed years ago so but yeah he's really a sweet guy nice guy I actually bought his book and he signed it and just uh really down to earth cool dude and and when you meet those kind of people it's it's really nice to that they're nice like that not just because it's the front you know right but but he was so yeah when you say you know striper hey you know 
to hell with the devil. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. And it's always nice when you meet people like that because you can always tell when people are sincere when it's just a front. So it's kind of nice that you can sense that from somebody, especially a celebrity, you know? That's kind of cool, man. Yeah, for sure. And he yeah. nailed them Boston songs, you know? I mean, it, more than a feeling. It's just, you know, when, I mean, when you can sing like that and you can do and play Boston with Boston, that's kind of cool. But he was, he, he, you know, Striper is definitely classic as a matter of fact i last podcast i mentioned that old school wasp is coming back to america it's been like 11 years yeah and so i'm going i bought tickets to that it's called it's the tech arena down in it, it's in san antonio here for you know whoever's not here it's a new arena okay. and it's it's basically tech driven for the future so so san antonio nice. is going that route on the west side of town but this is a, they announced their first concert. So I already bought tickets. I'm like second row, but I'm ready for that. Oh, nice, man. Heavy yeah. bands and, you know, it, and it's great stuff. Cause you talked about metal yeah. and transitioning from metal to, you know, Spanish rock. It's, you know, I mean, Hey, accords, chords. you know, you're, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to play. You can, I mean, I, I've been playing myself for about two years now and learning theory and all that. It's been great, but, we can talk about that some other time. I definitely want you back on the show for sure. Oh, you, um, yeah. And to talk about your journey, you know, with, with music and guitar playing and how you guys got into the band and your process, you know, cause you know, my guitar instructor tells me about his process that, you know, writing music and, and doing it, it's, it's a tedious, you know, process to, to, to do that. And it'd be great to talk about that. One of these casts. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, are you, our process is, you know, sometimes it's natural. Other times it's, it really is a lot of planning and, and sometimes, you know, just some small idea can just kind of grow organically and become this awesome thing. And some other times it just takes work, you know, like it's good. You, you got to change bars and sometimes you got to count in your head. And, and so it, it just, it, it's always different. And I think that's what makes it more exciting, but yeah, man, for sure. We can definitely talk about it. And uh, uh, when, you and, know, and, can, can just go on about sure. it. Yeah. And, 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 your your book site or your book reviews because and i can tell people out there you know what i enjoy about you is when you post movie reviews on facebook and right and and the fright chapel i just kind of looked into it real quick and you're reviewing books and i find it very you know awesome because i think books are so like intellectual it works out your mind yeah absolutely yeah you know and you read this and you put it and then all of a sudden you see like dr sleep or something yeah. And you go, it was pretty close vision. Mike, you know, it did a good job on that. But seeing that, the Fry Chapel, as far as reviewing books, has that been like, you know, a love of yours as well, you know, as, you know, since you were a kid or? Absolutely. And, you know, writing, um, writing fiction has kind of really been a big part of, of just kind of like my own creative process, you know, because I mean, I've got guitar, you know, I still do photography. And I also, you know, like with like with the website and just reading. And so there's what I've learned about myself is that I just like to create in, in any sort of capacity in any sort of, you know, um, um, way, really. And so with with with, with the writing and the reading, it, it's just the Fright Chapel was something that was always kind of like something I had always wanted to start with. And I wanted to say the idea was kind of born in around 2011. And I just didn't know exactly how to start it. And at first it was going to be a podcast. Um, but, but of course, back then there was just a lot of challenges. I didn't really know about it. I'm not really a big tech savvy guy. I, I know about audio, but it's just, 
it just involved a lot more computers and stuff like that. And so I just, I was always afraid to kind of jump in. And so it kind of on its own morphed into an idea of just maybe building a website and just, and just writing about it. And I used to write for a website. Uh, they're actually a movie review website. Um, and they, they're mainly in the horror genre, but they're called Nightmare on Film Street. And so okay. during their first year, when they first popped up, um, I kind of jumped on as, their, as part of their, of their writing staff. And I was with them for about a good two and a half years and just writing movie reviews and, and, and writing about just like news and things like that kind of really got my, um, just the ability to just write, just kind of sit down and just come up with something really quick. And it was a really mm-hmm. great practice for me. I've written for them. I've written well over a hundred articles. And so, um, by that time, 2019 is when I decided, you know what, I want to do something with reviewing books. And, and so, all that practice I had with, with writing for Nightmare on Film Street um, really helped me to just, as soon as I finished the book, you know, I can just write about it real quick. It wasn't a whole lot process. It was just, it just came natural to me. And so um, mm-hmm. that's kind of how that came about. And so, yeah, so, I mean, I do horror, I do, I do sci-fi. Um, sometimes I'll do something a little different, a little bit more drama, just to kind of keep things a little bit, you know, not just so, so much into horror. I try to keep things a little bit more open, but, um, yeah, like like crime and stuff like that. But for the most part, yeah, I mainly, I mainly do like you know, I'm horror and sci-fi uh, for the Fright Chapel. Yeah, and, and hey man, I'm I totally love that. And you know, and it's kind of um, you know, for me, I love horror. You know, there's reasons why. You know, music, books. I've been I've been reading books since I was a little kid. Man, my grandmother would give me books like Frankenstein, Mary Shelley, nice, Bram yeah. Stoker, Dracula. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm reading the third book in the Dracula series. And it's by his great great nephew Dacre Stoker, right? Okay. And it's called Dracul, and it's actually pretty cool. I mean, he's actually writes about Bram Stoker in the 1800s, like 1860. And you're like, it's it's really nice to to read this these books. But yeah, I love books too as well. So it's it's something that I'm doing, and I've been buying some old school books, like trying to read that. Yeah. Because the 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 writing styles. It, it changed a little over these years, obviously, from yeah. very proper to improper. You know what I mean? Like, it's just different. And, and so, but uh, I love it because that's kind of therapeutic as well. Oh, absolutely. Know? Yeah. And that's the hard thing for me is like you said, you know, you've got well-written books and, and, and you know, um, you've got books that are not well-written. And I have a hard time starting a book and not finishing it if, if I don't like it. I've got to finish it. And so yeah. <laughs> um, the one thing I decided to do, and, and this is just for my time writing for websites or just movie reviews and stuff, you know, I've, I've had to write bad reviews and I've had to write, you know, I've had, I've had movie, um, like movie directors email me and say, hey, you know, um, I'm going to send you a link for a, you know, like a first screening for my film, if you can write a review for it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, cool, whatever. You know, obviously I have to send it up, up to the boss, you know? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and of course I got the approval and you know, there were times when I had to, I just didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like what they would send me. And, and I felt really bad. I didn't want to write a piece yeah. like about, and so, uh, because I, I don't, I don't believe that art should be criti- critiqued that way, but you know, just, just, but just because of where I was. And so I had to kind of, um, I'll be, just be honest and so I try to be really diplomatic about stuff like that but with the Fright Chapel I decided to just like if there's something I just don't like I'm just not going to review it I I kind of don't want to have like that negativity and that's just me and there's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with being critical I mean that's just you know sometimes it helps us as artists maybe doing maybe correcting what we're doing wrong and yeah. and, and right but for me and what I decided to just take on with, with the Fright Chapel was just that 
I was not gonna something wasn't well written, something I did not enjoy, I was just not gonna write about it. Just finish it, yep. be done with it. And yeah. I, I know, hey, stick to that writer, I'm not gonna really care much for it, and that was it. Yeah. And so yeah. And, and, and I totally get it. I totally feel that because you know, I know how, you know, my cousin's in a, a band, my brother was in a band, and and you know, for movies, I've been a movie fan since I like I said since oh, yeah. I was a kid. But but I, I just try to I have friends that go, don't you not like a movie or, you know, you think everything's good? I said, no, it's not that I think everything's good. It's, I understand, you know, in college, I also did classes making videos and things and editing and all that stuff. But I realized the hard work it is to make it, to write the story, to write the scripts, to direct it and to get laughs or whatever. I've done stuff for my company and videos and, and it takes time to, to write the stuff down, write the, the, the words. But when somebody's, saying your words, you, it, it's great. You know, it's, that's the payoff Absolutely. and it's so hard, but I think, you know, like with nowadays critics and, and that's why this web, this podcast is more, I, I try to stay more positive. So yeah, I'm not going to probably review too many movies I don't like because I don't like to talk crap about a film. I just say, right. I try to find something good about a movie, you know, and, and I go, well, like in horror, you know what you're getting when you walk into a movie. It's that's a horror movie. You know what you're going to get with a Halloween or, or the last scream. I loved it. So, right, right. you know, you know what you're going to get. So go in that with that mindset, like Star Wars. And I, I know you like Star Wars, but mm-hmm. some of these movies you go like, you know, the book of both head, I'm loving it. Uh, but, you know, and Peacemaker, that that's another show. Got to check that out. And right. it's awesome. You get into these, you know, the, the, the shows and things and you just want to, you know, Okay, it's it's good for this. It's good for that. So, and then soundtracks. We're gonna get into the soundtrack. I promise. We'll we'll jump here in a second. Oh, but the soundtracks are just just. Um, I mean, it it makes a, a film go. So I, I really dig. You know, movies like we saw uh, just clean. I'm gonna add a review later on uh, on the new movie called Clean. It's Adrian Brody. Well, right. The soundtrack. He actually did the soundtrack, and I was amazed oh, wow. because it was really good. The movie did drag. But, you know, the soundtrack was really nice. It made it feel like Rocky. It was cold, dark, snowing. It just, it had a, a cool, dark vibe. Right. And it's about this guy who's, you know, he's trying to help his neighborhood friend, a young young girl. And uh, she gets kind of, not kidnapped, but she's taken, you know, against her will kind of thing. But still more to that. I just don't like to spoil movies either. But, right. no, I but, the, but the point was the soundtrack was, was really spot on to me. So the movie was it dragged. So when I do the review, I'll talk about, well, you know, maybe the movie was a little too long. Could have gone, but, and it was only an hour, 30 minute movie or whatever that right. felt like two hours. Yeah. And so then you go, gosh, but it felt like you were in this movie for, and I, and I'm never opposed to, a long thousand yeah. page book. Yeah. I'm not opposed to a three or four hour Justice League movie. Right. If it's good and worth your time. Yeah. It, it, it's hard to sit through like a slow burn movie. I just saw one recently actually, which I loved, but man, it was such a slow burn. Uh, it was a uh, Nicolas Cage uh, movie called pig. Yeah. Pig. And uh, I loved that movie. And you know, at first when it ended, I was like, okay, but it really stuck with me. And it was sort of like, the movie was a slow burn, and so kind of afterward, I just felt like the the afterthought was sort of a slow burn itself because it just I just kept thinking about it and going back to it and really like just analyzing it in my head without even really putting that much thought into it, and I ended up just yep. loving it. 
Um, yeah. But that's a total slow burn movie too. And so, uh, you know, I'll admit I got a little impatient at times, but I was like, now I'm just like, man, I can probably watch it again with a more appreciation, you know? But the um, end scene when he's sitting there by himself and you go, to me, I was, I was after, like you said, I was still thinking about him as the character because Nicolas Cage is badass. Come on. Yeah. I love him. Period. And I felt, I still felt so much despair for him. Like yeah. I felt like, God, like this guy just got his life taken from him kind of, exactly. you know, but and in more ways than one. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and I think the big takeaway that I loved about the ending was that it kind of came full circle with the beginning where he was able to play the tape. And so yeah. that to me was like, and I didn't catch it the first time. I was like, okay. And then it's like I said, just kind of sank in there and it just thought about it and thought about it. And I was like, shit, that was, that was a pretty fucking good ending. It was a good movie. It's yeah. just, it's just slow, you know, but so I totally get what you say about that. You know, I, I I've yeah. seen that movie clean. Um, I haven't watched it, but I've seen it being advertised. It's kind of got everybody like a gun or something. Um, yeah, it's good. It's just about this guy who's got his own issues and his own backstory. Right. And, and he's, he's, um, it's in that kind of a John Wick, you know, Okay. Uh, every Liam Neeson kind of movie he's, he's got damaged goods and it's his, you know, story. And, right. It's just they're messing with the wrong guy. This Basically. dude is good at what he does. Uh, you you know, know, it's it's a, it's a breath of fresh air to see to him to see him on something like that. So I, I, that's actually kind of cool. My wife loves Adrian Brody, man. So I'm just yeah, like, and he, uh... <laughs> and he's, he's pretty man. He's pretty chiseled. He's pretty chiseled up in here, man. And and oh, cool. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this real quick about when we watched the movie after the movie. I saw it with uh, my friends uh, Marie and Benny and and and, and Eric. But we, we uh, when we saw that. And, and we, we... <laughs> yo, do you hear that? Yeah, I'm always watching the football game. She's watching the Niners play. <laughs> oh god, she's getting hey, excited. We got 49er fans. Oh no, I forgot, I forgot uh, no, to man. mention. My... I forgot to mention Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> but Adrian Brody, man, Adrian Brody is. Hey, man, that's all good for live 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 action man that's that's that that's that's coming to you live <laughs> well you just totally motivated me to watch it because like i said i'd seen it advertised a few times and i'm like that looks interesting i'll check it out but now that you're telling me it, it, this, it's a slow I'm burn down it's a slow burn it, it really is it and i definitely recommend it especially if you like adrian brody he's chiseled up i was gonna say this that when i actually when we left the movie i i walked out going you know what adrian brody is probably the skinniest guy that i believe can kick ass you know what I mean? Like, oh, I he's you. an actor that I believe like in, you know, Predators and, and whatever he's done, I believe he can actually do it. He can do it. Yeah. You know? yeah. He's that good of an actor. Yeah. You know, I agree. But, and I actually really like Predators, you know, as much yeah. as it got. I actually did enjoy it. I think he was a big reason why I liked it so much. I, I like the cast. I love the samurai fight. I thought that was the, the, the shit. I mean, I thought that samurai fight was that was pretty awesome, you know. Yeah. There was no doubt. They both they did, and 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 you we all know the predators. And once again, I don't mind going off a tangent, but we know those predators fought the samurai. And this new one coming out on I think Disney or Hulu or whatever it is, right? Uh, it's going to be the predators going back into the Native American Indian time. Oh, that's right. I heard about that. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. I think it's so supposed to tie in somewhere with uh, with part two. I hope so. And right, because part two, the way it ended, when 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 he gives Danny Glover the gun, um, yeah. to kind of show how long that they've actually been around, um, 
I'm thinking it's supposed to tie in with that. I think I'd heard it somewhere, probably some tweet where someone kind of tied it in. Um, so I could be totally wrong on that, you know. So if y'all see it and you're like, Matt, you're full of shit. Don't ever talk like that again. I'll make sure that I shut my mouth next time. So. Well, you know what? We don't really know. We think we know till we actually see it. Yeah, I know, right? But I'm excited. Right now, so, in, so, so. in the state of Marvel movies, some of my buddies, you know, we'll, we'll talk about what's going to happen. Yeah. And then we're totally off. Yeah, we're like in a whole nother ballpark. Yeah. You know. You know, I and, love and, Marvel, well, man, but you know, my, my, my heart, my heart lies with DC. Now, maybe not all DC movies. Some are pretty terrible, but uh, you know, Man of Steel for sure. My heart always be with Man of Steel. So yeah. I, and Justice League, uh Zack Snyder's Justice League. Four Snyder, hours Zack Snyder's, movie. yes, absolutely. Totally Snyder, different yeah. movie. Yeah. And and I love it. I, I love it and I'm so excited for the new Flash coming out with with uh, Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton coming back. Yeah. I'm ready. I mean it's it's as a matter of fact I I watch Arrowverse too. And that nice. the Barry Allen Flash from Arrowverse, you know, Grant Justin, right. Justin Grant. Uh he's going to come out in the main movie as well. Really? So they did a crossover already with nice. the crisis on the TV show and the movie Flash. The head exec said, "Hey man, can we put our Barry Allen in your in the show?" And they're like yeah. yeah, and there's a cool scene that guess who actually names movie Flash? TV Flash names him. Nice. He's like, you're the Flash, and he's like, "Ooh, the Flash!" And you're like, "That's how he got his name." By yeah, so, I mean, the That's powers that cool. be probably saw a really good kind of a. Uh, people love TV Flash, yeah. like me. You know, I do, I do, do I do. You, I know. TV, do but do I you remember it. the old TV series uh, from the '90s, or was it the '80s? Oh, I think it was the '90s. Yeah. Absolutely, and and the Flash from the the nineties or eighties or whatever, he actually comes out in the show as well, what? and he plays Barry Allen's dad. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So I forgot the actor's name. I'm drawing a blank. I didn't research that right now, but he actually was the original Flash from the TV show back yeah. then. He plays the dad, and he plays another the Flash with the helmet and the. the, the so he plays a different Flash as well. I, uh, I don't remember show. too many of the episodes from the, from that. From that era, but there was one in particular that, that never left my mind. I, mean, I think it was like it was it was Barry Allen it was Flash, obviously, and it was like he was fighting like an evil version of himself. But it was like a but it was a blue suit. Yeah, it was Barry Allen in a blue suit. And I remember that scene where they were kind of like trying to throw punches and they were dodging each other, and it was like that whole fast motion kind of fighting uh, that they were doing. And for some reason, that's the only scene that really stuck with me as a kid from from those episodes because we used to watch the Flash a lot too when I was a kid. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I mean, I wasn't a kid in the 90s, but, well, I guess I was. I was a teenager, but still, yeah. I mean, but I'm pretty sure it's the 80s because I remember, I remember being a lot younger. It, it was the 80s. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was the 80s. Yeah. Because I remember it's being probably a lot reverse smaller. Flash, but now I'm going to, well, because I've been seeing it out and I've always wanted to buy it again just to watch it. I mean, right. it's, I think it's like only about 12 episodes, maybe 15 or something. It was only like one season. Yeah. Oh, so, man, that's crazy. But yeah, there's just a lot. I love DC. I'm not like I said. I, I'm 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 not like the political guy like Star Trek versus Star Wars. I yeah. love them both. I, I want them all. I love Marvel. I love DC. Uh, I love the original Superman. I got I, you know, and those are all things we can definitely talk about in the future because the there's so many good movies that I want to bring to people that probably haven't seen it now, like the listeners and people that that you know you just see the current stuff. But right. man, there's some good stuff like 70s, 80s, 90s. And a lot of the great horror came out back then. And right now, 
the way they're doing nostalgic movies and nostalgia and, and right. adding it in like scream and stuff. It really like ghostbusters. It really works. Yeah. It, it really makes it great, man. And so, man, we're, I mean, we're burning time, man, but Oh shit. That's you know, right. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but we were going to talk about Detroit rock city. So, yeah. you know, we definitely can do that. Uh, I think this is a good introduction because I definitely want you to, you know, obviously come out and not just be a guest, but participate because like I said, when I read your reviews, uh, they're really great. And oh, thank uh, you, man. I, I, I like the horror reviews. I liked your Christmas movies that aren't Christmas and yeah. Die Hard is definitely Christmas. So. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. But, it's, but it's a big debate in this, in, 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 in the, uh, in, in my household. So yeah. And the same it, goes for Gremlins too. I'm like, dude, Gremlins is such a Christmas, Christmas movie, but, movie. You know, and I mean, the Gremlins are I guess doing carols. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, and now with this time, this day and age with COVID and all that, um, it's been it, it's changed the way families and people watch movies and TV and and so watching uh, Archive 81, man, I I talked about it last week's episode. Um, what yeah. a I don't know if you started getting into that, but it's really a fun, fun show. Um, but, you know, the, the streaming and the platforms and all that, it's been really a different way to, you know, that families can get together. And some of the companies said, hey, man, let's just put the stuff out there. Yeah. And and it, it really cuts the theater out. I, I Bobby, you said something about theater is is kind of hurting because of that. And I'm like, well, you're in the big company, bro, you know. Yeah. Uh, people need to go to the movies. People need to get out, and people need to support artists because yeah. it's not just the the big actors. It's the workers. It's the people that work at the theater. It's absolutely uh, there's so much people out there, you know. Oh yeah. And and I totally totally love it. Um, well, like I said, I you know now we're hitting up thirty minutes here. Um, yeah. um. Guess what we can do? Maybe next weekend, if you want, maybe we can do this uh, soundtrack. Do some soundtracks, man. Yeah, absolutely, know, man. If you have time right now, because like I said, I try to keep this to about thirty minutes. Okay. Um, but what we can do is is we can definitely do it next week. I think this is a good warm up, so we can definitely do the uh, soundtracks for Detroit Rock City, people. And we're going to talk about Detroit Rock City, okay. classic movie from the nineties. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, Edward, but, Ed, but, uh, Edward Furlong, man. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. and Ed was for long. Now he was still kind of cool back then, you know. Yeah, he was. I mean, that was like the that was probably like his last cool role. Well, no, I think after that he may have done American History X. I think that was maybe his last great role. Um, one or the other, but yeah, Detroit Rock City is a great movie. A lot of great actors in it. Uh, even yeah. man, shit, even Lynn Shay's in it. You know, the one that yeah. she does the uh, you know speaking of horror movies and stuff. You know, she does all the um, oh god, not Conjuring. What is that? Uh, the the Insidious movies. So well, she's we, she's in all those. So. Now we can keep recording. We're good. I think it's we're we're good. Um, and and I'll get I'll talk to you after the show. But um, but yeah, no, Detroit Rock City. You know, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley are in it as well. And yeah, you know, so so it's it's um, it's the road trip. I mean, we could go over it. I I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly don't mind. I mean, you know, I mean, it, we we don't have to. You know, if you want to coast it, we totally can and still make it enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we're, we're good, I think, right now. Okay. Um, so, so now Detroit Rock City, uh, 
yeah, if you want to tell the listeners what what the movie is about. So basically, Detroit Rock City is about um, it's about four friends in a band. I believe the band is called uh, shit. Is it Mystique or Mysterio or something like that? Yeah. And basically, uh, you know, they they're they're diehard Kiss fans, and uh, they're basically preparing um, to. It's the night before their uh, they drive to the big city to go see this kids concert. And so um, one of, out of, out of these four friends, one of them actually has a, um, one of them has a mom who's like extremely religious, kisses like the devil's music, very, you know, um, involved parent kind of like protesting against, you know, um, uh, rock and roll in general. And so anyhow, she gets a hold of their, well, that, that's her son in particular is holding their tickets. And so the tickets end up going up in smoke, literally. And <laughs> they've, they've got to find a way to basically um, not only save their friend, um, because she ends up sending him to Catholic school, but um, how are they going to get to, how, how are they going to still make, an, uh, make it to this concert? And so uh, the way it works is, you know, one of them calls a the radio station and he actually wins the tickets. And it's just the road trip all the way um, <laughs> to the concert. And it's, I think the biggest thing about the movie of just before getting into the music is um, this big paradigm between, you know, uh, the different types of, I guess, the different types of um, uh, people. And yeah. like, you've got your rock, like your rocker kiss fans. And then you've got like your like disco people. And then you've got yeah. like the real religious people. And, and the movie really stresses how different each group is and how, like they just don't get along and, and times are different. I mean, back then it was, yeah. it was brutal back then. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I got picked on for like in metal music. Everybody called me a Satanist when I was younger. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we're talking like late eighties, man. You know what I mean? I mean, it, yeah. it, it literally was as brutal. And I think people today really wouldn't understand that, you know? And I think it's great now that everybody likes comic books. Everybody's into these Marvel movies, but I mean, shit, I got picked on for like in Batman. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you know, if you like comics, you, if you had, God forbid you had a Spider Man comic, because then you'd be, yeah. a, you were a fucking loser. And so yeah. I'm glad that we're able to kind of not live in that sort of world anymore. Yeah. And this movie really kind of, I think, you know, I mean, it was the late 90s, I think, when this movie came out, early 2000s. Yeah. Um, yep. But um, it was really, it, it really kind of shows, then, and that's really how things work. You know, people may, if you, if you get a chance to watch it, people kind of see it as like, well, that seems a little bit over-exaggerated. Like, nah, dude, it was really like that. So anyhow, um, it kind of really stresses the whole paradigm between these, these groups of people, um, you know, KISS fans, non-KISS fans, you know. Um, and uh, the movie takes place, it's actually 1978. So in the KISS universe, 1978 was actually the last year that KISS, you know, it was the, the whole DJ Rock City album. But um, this was before KISS really went mainstream. Yeah. Um, and so, like, after this is when, you know, it's funny, there was a quote in the movie that was like, oh, dis, you know, kiss, kiss going disco, that'll never happen. Yeah. I mean, a year or two later, you had Kiss coming out with the, I Was Made for Loving You, Baby, which is like yeah. a disco rock song. So, yeah. like, like little kind of nabs and jokes like that, right? But that's kind of the universe right now that Kiss is in. It's right before they break into, like, mainstream kind of pop rock music. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I guess you could say it's like Kiss's last sort of real raw hurrah, you know? And, and I and I totally dig that that time and and yeah definitely because I've seen Kiss so many times in concert I love Kiss so Kiss is one of my faves I, I I shot you a video where Paul Stanley flies over me as a matter of fact singing I was made for loving you that's just crazy it's funny oh, nice. but, that's and, and you know what the the 
the weird things. That's one of my favorite Kiss songs. <laughs> I mean, you it know, is, it, it, it's a great later song. down in life. You, 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 it grows on you. I guess your palate changes for Kiss, but yeah, it was one of their yeah. their last real hits. Actually, you know, it was like a hit. You know, it was pretty. Yeah. It's pretty popular now. It's like almost cult status. Like when they play it, it's like Absolutely. the disco ball come out. They play it live, and, and it's almost a parody of itself. They knew they were like, dude, we're doing disco, right? And yet. It still lives today, and they're now retiring, and it's one of their great songs that they perform live, and and so yeah, for sure. But this movie, yeah, definitely a funny, funny good movie because also it's about it was made in it came out in '99, right? So right. talk about things were going to change going into the year 2000, you know, yeah. Y2K, all of that, and to watch a, a buddy kind of road trip movie, you know, back in the '70s because yeah, you were right, like the '80s Aussie. You, you know, if you listen to Ozzy, you're into the devil. Exactly. And yeah. You're spinning records backwards, trying to listen to the devil messages. Oh man. Yeah. And, and, and there was a big, there was a big division then. I mean, now it's, you know, it's, it's a lot more gray. My, my mom was part of that group. Like religious rock is the devil kind of thing, which is funny. Cause all her kids, all, all my siblings, we all love metal music. I mean, it's just <laughs> hilarious. And so, you know, and my mom used to have this, this, it, I remember it was, it was a double cassette. And they would show it at prayer groups and stuff. It was called Hell's Bells, The Dangers of Rock and Roll. And it was like this like fucking four hour, <laughs> five hour ordeal, you know, and it was about rock and roll, devil's music. And it would go over lyrics of certain songs. It would play songs backwards. And I mean, it was like, you know, like Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. You put that one backwards and there was that message in that one verse. And then, of course, you played like Queen, uh, Another One Bites the Dust. Yeah. It would say like Smoke and Mirror. What was this? I don't know. Anyways, it's just funny. Um, and I that, think it's the, more like Satanic you Panic, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was like more like what you wanted to hear. It probably wouldn't even there. It's just that probably not. Man. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And and I remember it in in seventh grade in shop. It was a shop class. That so what we would do is we would make leather bands with the butt ends. So you know you would make it and you would stamp it and you would you know paint it or whatever color the nice. leather. So we would put spikes and we would put ACDC, Saxon, Wasp, Kiss, and we would wear them. But you'd nice. have to come hide them, you know, when you got home. Yeah. Because you're like, you didn't want your, but I was kind of lucky. My mom was kind of cool. Like, we did go to church, but we were lucky to, you know, I didn't, it wasn't so much thrown in my face. My uncle and them, yeah, but not, my mom was kind of, she knew we liked rock and roll, man. She was like, hey, man, as long as you ain't on the streets doing drugs or those kind of things, yeah. I'm okay with a little rock and roll. Yeah, keeps your ass home and watching MTV. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a shock to my mom when I was when I started. It actually started when I was, you know, playing guitars when I was a bit more open about the music I like. So I didn't really hide the music anymore because I'm like, I gotta learn this stuff. So I'm gonna turn it really fucking loud. And <laughs> yeah, there you go. And so I think that was kind of a shock to my mom, you know, like, and my dad too. And, just oh. <laughs> I'll tell you about my first Kiss experience, and we'll get into the soundtrack here in a second. Yeah, but cool, man. but with Kiss, my first concert was going to be their last uh, tour with the makeup on. It was the I Love It Loud tour. And at the time, uh, Ace was already out of the band. It was Vinnie Vincent, and then it was Eric Carr. And uh, he was the Fox, and I forgot Vinnie's name. But he, anyway, they, they came on tour. They came down to Corpus Christi, and, and I got a ticket. Man, I was so bummed because I, I was playing out in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood, in Naples Street. And when I was sitting on the tree, the big kid, I wasn't even a big kid, and I was a big kid. But the big kid of the neighborhood came, Michael, and he grabbed the tree that I was on because all the kids were on it. But. I was riding it like a horse. They were riding it like, you know, sideways. Well, man, when he broke it, he broke the freaking whole tree. And it broke and it crushed my leg. 
I mean, I broke my oh, foot. Shit. It was like smashed in white. And wow. I couldn't, I, and my, my boys, uh, my friends, uh, Joey Beards and, and, and Robert Myers, you know, and they carried me, man. They, I was like, man, I took a step and it was limp. I went straight down. Bam. I was like, son of a, and sure enough, man, they carried me to my mom's house and check this shit out. I mean, being Mexican and all, you probably know this, but I told my mom, I think it's broken. And she's like, it ain't broken. I said, yeah, it's broken. And she, I was like, I can't move it. Look, it's hanging. And she goes, nah, just, you know, we're going to go to Gloria's house, my aunt. And she's like, we're going to hop, you know, just put on your shoe. And I, it wouldn't even fit. It was swollen. So I had to freaking hop. Like, my, we went to my cousins, and I had to hop over there on one foot and one tennis shoe. And the next day, when she, we woke up, and it was swollen. <laughs> it was so swollen. She's like, oh, my God, we got to go to the hospital. Sure enough, sure, it was dude. broken. Well, the thing that sucked is that I was going to kiss but because I broke my freaking foot, I didn't get to go to the concert. Oh, and man. I missed the last makeup show. Oh, I've made up with my kiss shows, but I missed that show. You talk about crying as a as a 12-year-old boy. Uh, man, I was crying because I was going to go to see my band and makeup. Dude. And then uh, six months later, they unmask. They do lick it up. They do MTV. And I'm like, no. <laughs> well, I remember eventually that. they came back with makeup. And, you know, ah. the, the rest of history, I've seen them so many times with and without makeup. But anyway, go on ah. with the, the soundtrack, man. Uh, what This soundtrack is amazing. So, yeah, it's actually great. And and I just kind of wanted to highlight real quick, you know, the, the music in the movie, uh, for the most part, is on the actual uh, soundtrack release on the CD. Um, but there's a lot more in the movie that, that they don't put on the CD. So I'll kind of go over everything, actually. Um, I might miss one or two. and Because uh, I'm not sure if I have Pantera on here. I don't know if they played Pantera's version of... Um, I think it was Cat's Catch Fever. Fever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's on here. But where is it? Uh, so uh, um, on the intro, uh, you know, the movie, you've got Kiss, I Stole Your Love from the Love Gun album. Um, then of course you got the, the, uh, the big hit, which is kiss. I want to rock and roll all night, which is the, the one that everyone kind of knows. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's the one that, that, that these kids are kind of jamming out in their garage. Uh, the band's mystery actually. Um, and that's what they're jamming. And then of course you got kiss love gun. Then you've got kiss ladies room. Um, you've got hard luck woman, which speaking of hard luck woman, if y'all haven't heard the Garth Brooks version, when he plays out on yeah. the kiss tribute album, it is the shit. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I love the way what's his name sings it in the original. Um, oh my gosh, well Peter Chris, love the way he Peter sings Chris. it. He's got a very uh, Rod Stewart vibe. I really love it. But man, it just Garth Brooks knocks it out of the fucking park. And so, yep. uh, if his version of Hard Luck Woman, if y'all haven't heard it, y'all got to check it out. Um, uh, you got James Gang, Fuck Number Forty Nine. I just one thing real quick about this. Also, what I love about the soundtrack, especially in the movie, is that each song is relevant to the scene. Like they yeah. play Kiss's "Ladies Room." And that's the scene where the kids are running away from the security guard and they're hiding out in the ladies' room. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny how they kind of, uh, you know, um, Adam Rifkin is actually one who directed this movie. And he, and he was really good about how he placed each of these songs. Like, yeah. he truly made it a kiss experience. So I just kind of wanted to throw yeah. that out there. Um, you've got The Runaways, School Days, uh, Thin Lizzy. you got Jailbreak, Kiss Shout It Out. Uh, you got David Naughton, which is making it. This is the scene where um, you get the, the, they're on the road trip going to the kiss concert and they get they basically get into a fight with these disco kids. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they, they meet a girl and I think they call her Stella and her name's not really Stella, but because they like disco. And, and like I said, kind of going back, you see the differences between these two groups and their hate. And even one guy's like, cool in the gang. Now that's music, you know, like this kiss yeah. this is crap, you know? So 
it, yeah. it really kind of shows that. And so um, that's that song. Of course, you got Black Sabbath, Iron Man. You've got, I think Marilyn Manson has, has his version of Highway to Hell. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely then, different. It's definitely pretty cool, too. It, it's it's Marilyn Manson, man. When he gets into that Highway to Hell part, it, it, he kicks it in. It's, it sounds pretty pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually during the scene where they're actually driving on the road trip. Yeah, Highway to Hell. Um, he does a lot of good covers, man. You know, like obviously like the Arrhythmics. Uh, he did yeah. another one. Uh, it wasn't Depeche Mode. He did one. It was another uh, cover. Yeah, personal Jesus. Uh, Depeche that's Mode. Personal, personal that's, it was Depeche yeah. Mode. That's right. Yeah. Person, that, so he, I really like his covers that he does. He, I think he always nails them, but it's always got that Manson stamp on it and it just sounds so good. And so you can always trust the good Manson cover. Um, yeah. You've got sure. Cheap Trick Surrender, Rupert Holmes Escape, AC. Then you got, of course, ACDC version, How to Hell. Uh, Black Magic Woman Santana. I think this is like I think this is the strip club scene, or <laughs> getting there where Edward Furlong, he wants to, yeah. he wants to win money to buy a ticket, you know, from a scouter. So, so he goes and kind of rips his clothes off, right? Of course, you got Ron Jeremy in there as the as the announcer. You got Kiss, Shock Me. You got Blue Oyster Cult, which is Godzilla. And like I said, song placement in a movie. So Godzilla, which is funny. When they play the song Godzilla by Booster Cole, yeah. it's when that one mm-hmm. guy's picking on a kid and he calls his, his big brother. And it's this massively huge guy. <laughs> and that's go. the song they play Godzilla. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. It's like the, these little things that I really enjoy about this movie, um, you know, with, with the music. Um, and you got David Bowie, Rebel Rebel. David Bowie, Rebel Rebel. Rebel, oh, there was something about Rebel Rebel that I, was, that I, I just heard about a couple of days ago. Um, it was something about, like sort of like the, the kickoff for punk. I think that's what this person had mentioned. I heard it. It was a couple days ago. I got to really? look into it. It was yeah. something, it was some kind of real big influential thing for punk music. And I, I don't really know how that ties in exactly, but I got to look into it though. Um, but just when you said that, it kind of rang a bell uh, from what I heard a couple days ago. But I'm, like I said, I just heard this. I had looked into it, but yeah. Anyways. Um, and, and, and yeah. And I think with, um, it, it's got running with the devil. And, yeah, and you know, it, it is uh, just um, the the soundtrack. It's it's I mean, it's diverse. I mean, it's mainly Sweet. rock and roll, but the the style at the 70s, because you, you know, when you have like, you know, Little Willie or you, you, you have some of this, the stuff that was more southern rock, too, you know, Absolutely. and then, you know, Thin Lizzy, Jailbreak, yeah. Jailbreak. It's just, it's mm-hmm. just uh, you know, it's. It was a it was a weird time because you know you had the seventies. It was such a different time, and and uh, you know uh, watching and, and seeing some of these the remakes as well. Like I was talking, you know, before the podcast about Everclear, and I loved Everclear. Yeah, and the boys, boys are back, back in town. town. Yeah. Wow, the video itself is really cool too. And but tying into the movie, like you're saying about the scenes, yeah. it, I think that like I love Days and Confused these fast times you know these movies about youth growing up as well because sometimes losing your innocence exactly and getting out into the real world like rodney dangerfield said stay at home you know and back to school (laughs) it it's rough out there you know it is i mean no respect man yeah yeah and and you talk about back then if you did listen to some of these musics or you did read comics like i mean i read comics i didn't care people thought I was a geek or not because I'd whip your ass, but (laughs) you know, but it wasn't even like that. It was about, man, I enjoy stories and music, but I'm sorry, but we're, you know, 
this soundtrack, it's an amazing soundtrack. And, yeah. and for sure, you know, the, the movie itself is, I mean, it was considered, it wasn't considered successful, but now it's one of these movies like Blade Runner or one of these cult movies that at the time, you, you know, you, they didn't appreciate it because Hollywood sees the dollar sign. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and the director putting, like you're saying, the, the music, tying it into scenes to me is great. I mean, Pulp Fiction, one of the best. And one of these days we'll, we'll do that. But great soundtrack, you know, by the way. There is, you know, soundtracks. And I know we, we definitely ran out of time to do The Crow. And we'll definitely do that another one. Because that's another great soundtrack that yeah. ties into the movie. And it's one of my all-time with, favorite soundtracks, actually. And then yeah. Iron Man, you know, with Black Sabbath, Iron yeah. Man, you know. Yeah. That Black Sabbath was, is that in there. Um, I mean, we were talking about, like, that old rock, you know, like yeah. that kind of classic rock sound. Uh, also Nazareth, Love Hurts, you know. Oh, oh man, that's, there, yeah. that's, that's a great... You know, Nazareth was, I mean, some of these bands I wish still played, you know, because, you know, it, a lot of their music has come out in movies, you know, and, and ACDC, this is the band that keeps getting added on like Iron Man soundtracks and sound, you know, these movies, and, and I guess people that direct are probably like, because, you know, I'm going to hit the five oh soon, but these are the kids that grew up with that music that are directing these movies now. And so this, the, the music really inspires probably some of these scenes. Maybe they even said, man, this would be great. A scene with this song, you know, and, and this is one of those movies. Yeah. I agree, man. Great, great movie, great soundtrack. I mean, it's just, it's really engaging. And I think that's, that's an experience that you don't really get that often. And it's unfortunate that, you know, um, soundtracks are still alive and well, but they're just not as relevant, I think, today as they were really yeah. like, like back then, you know, um, and at least people don't really, they just don't what, really what, take the time, you know. And, and once again, we, we're definitely going to talk more soundtracks for sure. Yeah. But what would you say the last, for you, what was the last great soundtrack for a movie that really used the sounds well? Well, um, it's definitely not the greatest soundtrack, but I would say it's the, it's the most recent movie that had a really great soundtrack. Um, but like I said, it's, it's by no means one of my favorites. And um, I want to say it's the remake of Suspiria. Tom York from Radiohead actually yeah. did that soundtrack. And okay. it's a phenomenal soundtrack, especially because... Um, this uh, this version of Suspiria is a lot more atmospheric, even though it's not really a slow burn movie. It's yeah. a very atmospheric film. And yeah. Tom York did such a great job kind of putting in some really nice cool jams to it, but then also adding like this whole, this sort of sense of dread yeah. um, in the music that, that he composed for this film. And so to me, that's like the more recent sort of great soundtracks. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm not saying it's like one of the greatest. It's my absolute favorite, but um, it's probably one of the last more recent movies, you know, that I'd seen that was, that it's just, it's, it's a, it's an awesome soundtrack. In well, my opinion. Well, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Tom York, I love Radiohead. I mean, I think they've done some weird, cool, progressive, different kind of stuff, man. And I've been a fan of theirs for years. Yeah. Uh, I've sang their songs in the depressing nineties and the music and, <laughs> And, and I just, hey, you know what? Fake Plastic Trees, one of my tops, you know. Dude, period. the band's and, is probably one of the greatest albums of all time, man. 
Yeah, and and the bands is just the the lyrics are very important. But once again, we could talk about that yeah. because we can go on because I could tell you stories and stories of Heartbreak Hotel, man, with that album and and yeah. just the 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 things that the '90s were about and the that time frame, you know, was I worked at a music store, so yeah, I was I was pimping out all this great you know music and stuff, and 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 definitely Radiohead was 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 uh one of my faves back then i you know because i'm a loyal guy basically when it comes to music and bands yeah i will keep buying the every new album that comes out you know it now. yeah like rob zombie we can talk about you know matrix and all that and good soundtracks oh. but but once again i think we're we're almost hitting up about an hour here so right, gosh man, cool yeah it flew by fast man sorry but about that yeah no <laughs> hey man you know what it's it's great because once again you know uh, you know, I think we're at a good spot, but for the listeners out there, you know, definitely you want to hear a good soundtrack to work out to or to just bang your head or just cruise. This Detroit Rock City is a great soundtrack. And I'm, I'm telling you, and it's got some good remakes. Sometimes I'm, I'm hesitant on remakes, but yeah. when the band does it really well and they kind of do it their style, then it really makes it better Yeah, because it, it's making it to your own. You know, like John Carpenter tells a lot of these directors and when they direct a Halloween, hey, just make it your own because I'm getting paid anyway. Right. So <laughs> you do it, you do it and, and you do it well and it translates and people love it. And it's a great soundtrack. So, you know, thank you, Matthew, for giving us your insight on, on this great soundtrack and the movie itself, because the movie's pretty funny. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a fun classic road trip. If you like Kiss, you like some of these bands, you know, yeah. man, just check it out. It's 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 a it's a fun, yeah. fun movie. Yeah, I agree. It's an awesome movie. And, one of my favorites. So yeah. So once again, and if you want to, you know, follow Matthew, you know, or or check out his website, the Fright Chapel, oh. um, and and uh, you know, just uh, keep us uh, informed on new books coming out, or you know, if you're gonna, you know, review some books and things, and absolutely, and of course, Velvet Hughes, you know, uh, your yeah. your band, and so Velvet you're Hughes. online, correct? Yeah, so the Velvet Hughes, you can find us at thevelvethughes.com. You can find our music on, um, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Music. I mean, we're on Google Music. We're, I mean, Google Play. We're, I think we're on Tidal as well. And we're on, we're definitely on YouTube. So um, we're on all those platforms. Our first album is on there. It's just, uh, it's just self-titled Velvet Hughes. It's in English, about five, six songs. Our second album is called Cantares. Um, it's a green cover. And uh, that, that, that's the Spanish album. I think I believe it's about 10, 11 songs. And so uh, I highly encourage y'all to check it out, listen to it, and really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, my, my, my uh, review book, uh, book review site is thefrightchapel.com. Sweet, 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 man. And, and uh, we'll definitely, uh, definitely do some more of these. Um, you know, definitely talk some books, talk some other soundtracks for sure. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there, we, you know, we could talk about. And once again, thanks again for being my first guest here. No, Matthew, thanks, I man. appreciate it, you know, yeah. and like I said, you know, uh, out there, you know, thanks again, guys, for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, like it, you know, if you got anything or any suggestions, email me at carloxlopez at rockinmovies.com. And once again, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thank you for listening, and y'all have a good week, and we'll see what happens uh, next week. Yeah. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. Hey, thank, you. thank you, Matt. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 